Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. You eat a chicken sandwich? This is the Press Box. The best is their chicken minis, which are these little small rolls that they have butter all over them and like a chicken nugget inside of it, and they're delicious. I gotta get out more, man. I have a slice of wheat toast. With Grainy and Bischoff. I gotta get out more. On ESPN Las Vegas. Back from the holiday, here we go. Had something different this morning. Went to Target the other day, and I can't believe I did this because I'm not like a food guy at Target. N- nothing against them. I mean, you know, I, you know, I go Smith's. <laughs> like, but I did buy their uh, mini um, muffins. So a mini mini chocolate chip muffin this morning. Mini Passed muffins are toast. very good. They are, aren't they? I love mini They're muffins. They're not too much, you know, on, on the bad part, so you just get a little of the bad part, but it was good. And I'm back with the uh, the mocha. <laughs> mocha drink. Ed Graney's breakfast. Yes, exactly. Leading off the show. Mini muffins. <laughs> and a and mocha drink. Yeah. Starbucks mocha Very drink. exciting. Yeah. I had Chick-fil-A. Did you? The, none of those are really probably on the uh, doctor's list of the great uh, yeah. the great breakfasts in the morning. I'm going anybody. to the doctor today. They'll probably tell me to stop if eating. <laughs> We've noticed. Yes. The, oh, my God. Would that be the reason that you're like, all right, just sell my car. I'll take an Uber. Nah, nah. Chick-fil-A better than driving. <laughs> the first bite. How worried should the Golden Knights be about a playoff race in the Pacific Division? They're in. Are they? This thing's done. Are you sure? I don't I don't know if they're winning the Pacific Division. Like, Did- we had them about two or three months ago. We said they're going to run away with it, but... I'm absolutely convinced they are going to the playoffs. Convinced they are convinced going to the playoffs as the two or three seed in the Pacific. Not you have to fall say that into now. A wild Calgary's card. won 10 straight. Yeah, but you don't think they could fall to a wild card? No, I think they'll be two or three. They are currently three points ahead of both Edmonton and Los Angeles, but they have played one more game than Edmonton and Los Angeles. So if both teams win their game in hand, they would have a one, one point, point lead, lead over Edmonton and Los Angeles. If both of those teams were to catch the Golden Knights and the Kings just beat the Golden Knights in a shootout on Friday, then the Golden Knights would fall to fourth in the Pacific and they would be fighting for a wild card spot with the best or the fourth and fifth best teams in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. They're going to the playoffs, but it is a legitimate question at the moment if they're going to be a wild card team potentially playing Colorado or Calgary in the first round or if they are going to be in the 2-3 matchup in the Pacific. Right now, Dom Lecision of The Athletic, his um, uh, projected standings, the Golden Knights have a 36% chance to finish outside the top two in the Pacific, which finishing three is fine. Three is basically, you lose home ice advantage, but you're still there. But they have a 36% chance to not be in the top two, lose home ice in the first round, they have, I believe it's a 16% chance to finish outside the top three and have to be a wild card team or miss the playoffs altogether in that scenario. I don't believe it in terms of that they won't, that they'll fall out of two, three. Um, I don't know how many games, I know these guys have game, games in hand, but I don't know how many they have left with the Edmonton LA Kings. I don't know when the last time is they lost to Edmonton, do you? No, they don't lose to them. They don't often. lose to Edmonton like ever. And the Kings... I know the Kings got him the other night. I watched that whole game, but I didn't sit there thinking, oh, in a four out of seven that they can lose to these guys. So here's the key. The Golden Knights are not going to fall out of the top three because it requires both Edmonton and L.A. to pass them. Right. Both of those teams have to outperform Vegas the rest of the season 
for I the Golden Knights to fall out happening. of the top three. And the chances of that is very, very yeah. unlikely. Because of those three, Vegas, Edmonton, L.A., if I were to tell you one of them is going to go on a 8-1-1 one, and one stretch, the Golden Knights are most likely to yeah. do that, right? The other two, yeah, potentially. But the Golden Knights are most likely to do that. The chances of the Golden Knights not doing that and Edmonton and L.A. both doing that. Very slim. Very small. So the Golden Knights are going to finish in the top three in the Pacific. It's a little closer than you'd like or a little closer than we probably would have expected, even with all the injuries the Golden oh, Knights have Oh, it's closer than we expected. But the chances over the last 30 games of the season or so that the Kings and Oilers are better than the Golden Knights, very, very slim. So they should be fine. Um, now, two weeks from now, if, you know, they lose four in a row or something like that, we might have to come back to this conversation and have it again, right? And see where they're, where they're at in the standings because they're not playing exactly. Well, they blew out the Sharks, but it's, uh, Sharks are like Beat an sharks. AHL team at the, moment, yeah. at the moment. But, like, they blew out the Sharks. But, like, this is they're not exactly playing well. And injuries have something to do with that, sure. But we still, we've talked about it all year. We still have not seen this team at full strength for... Pretty much ever, if you include Jack Eichel in that. And it's hard to get a gauge on him, but we haven't seen a Golden, the Golden Knights as a Stanley Cup contender this year, right? Like, the way they've performed on the ice, they have not been a Stanley Cup contender. Granted, a lot of that is they've had a bunch of injuries, but any conversation about the Golden Knights being a Stanley Cup contender is based on what we expect these guys to play like when they're close to health, uh, full health and not anything we've actually seen them do. Did you get the feeling after the Kings game? I don't know if you watched uh, all the way through DeBoer's comments, and I'm glad he did this. He gave the insinuation is stop talking about higher injuries. Let's just play. And and just, he goes, I'm I'm tired of this. Like he he was mad after the Kings game. He's been mad yeah. after most losses, but he just kind of put it out there that you know what, you got to play. You got to play with who you have. And I was kind I kind of liked that he said that because we've talked so much about it. And it's true. I mean, they're injured. They're not. They're not at full strength. They haven't been at full strength all year. I get that. But after a while, you're so many games in, and like you just said, now they're fighting for second and third. If you keep bringing the injuries up, it just it, it gets kind of old. So I'm actually glad DeBoer brought that up after the Kings game. Whether he believes it or not, I don't know, but it was something to say after losing to the Kings. Um, so, again, it's, they're hurt, but it just it's over and over and over with these injuries, whether it's written, whether it's tweeted about, whether it's talked about. Everyone knows they're hurt. Um, everyone knows the COVID schedule was weird. I mean, now they have a week off before they play Arizona on Friday night, and then they get Colorado again on Saturday night. I think you just play, and you wait till everyone gets back. And um, yesterday, White Cloud skating. Yesterday, Martinez is skating in regular jersey, so we're going to have to see what happens with them. Um, but I, I don't think there's any way they slip out of the top three. Calgary's playing out of its mind. They've won 10 straight. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they're actually pretty good right now. But I don't think there's any way they fall out of the top three. And I, I think when they get everyone get back, then we'll see if they're a Stanley. Like you said, when everyone gets back, we'll watch them play for four, five, six, seven games, and we'll see if they're a Stanley Cup contender. And yeah. I think they will be. And by the way, on the injuries and those being excuses, that is an excuse to maybe not be in first place in the Pacific. That's an excuse to maybe not uh, be on the same level as Colorado, right? Is, right hey, right. We, we don't have Mark Stone. We haven't had Jack Eichel. We've Didn't lost have Patrick Patrick for a long right? time. Uh, Alec Martinez has barely played this year, right? That's an ex that's a reasonable excuse to not right. have one of the best records in hockey. That's not an excuse to be worse than the Kings for the last 30 games of the year. It's true. Right. Like, and, and they're not worse than the Kings right now, but if they are to get passed by the Kings, 
right? That's, over the last 30 games. No, you have Jack Eichel and Max Pacioretty right. plus your entire normal second line plus Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, right? Like that's, that should be plenty to be, to be better than the Kings in the Pacific division. That should be enough. And so th- they're not, I shouldn't say they're fine where they are, but they're fine where they are. I mean, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs as a top three team in the mm-hmm. Pacific. We've talked about it before. It's probably better to be the two seed than the one seed anyway, because given the two teams that are right there right, with you, yeah, you might get the Kings in the first as opposed to you really might get Edmonton, which yeah. would be really good for them yeah. as opposed to whatever Dallas or Nashville, whoever, the, whoever's going to end up uh, four in the Pacific or in the central, excuse me. So like you probably want to be the two. The only downside to being the three is you don't get home ice in right. the first round, but that probably should like, I don't, if again, I told if you right Edmonton now, they, or the Kings and it, right. I don't think it matters. If I told you they slip behind the Kings. Well, granted we'd have 30 games of them playing poorly if they slip behind the Kings, but I still wouldn't be too concerned about them. Oh, they got to go win a couple no. in LA for them to advance to the second round. That wouldn't be that big of a problem. Now, a little bit on their win over San Jose. How impressed were you by Jack Eichel's goal? Uh, really impressed. I was really impressed how he held the... I mean, I, I know it's 12 seconds because it was tweeted a lot that it was 12 seconds that he held the puck, then found Chandler Stevenson who went around the net, and then he beat his guy to get the goal. So that was pretty impressive. As that game went on, the goal became less and less impressive because the Sharks suck. The well, absolute, I'm talking about in the moment. In the moment. In the yeah, moment, sure. it was oh, really Looks impressive. very good. But yeah, as the game great. went on, I felt more and more like Jack Eichel was playing against middle schoolers. The Sharks are terrible. Max Pacioretty scored just flipping it from the wall. Right. And it went in. How the hell did that happen? And then the funniest play of the entire season happened. Lane Peterson, don't know who that is, from the Sharks, skating all by himself, nobody within 10 feet of him, trips, falls on the ice, Takes Blows out his tire. own goalie and the net. Just slips and goes straight into his own goalie and takes him out plus the net at the same time. The funniest play I've seen, right? That's an NHL player that just tripped on his own and like took out his own. Can you imagine if he injured his own goalie sliding yeah. into him? The Sharks the next day put that guy on waivers. <laughs> that's a, come on. I mean, that's a little the mean. next day. Put that edge. guy on waivers. Ah, that, that poor team guy. is terrible. That poor guy. Congratulations <laughs> to Jack Eichel for his first NHL goal. Lane Peterson? I feel like that should count as an AHL goal because of who they were playing I have against. no idea who Lane Peterson is. N- and neither do the Sharks anymore. I'm pretty sure that's a character from a John Cusack movie in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it is Molly Ringwald and Lane Peterson. Peterson yeah. It is the funniest <laughs> play of the entire season. Lane Peterson tripping on his own. Just like trying, he couldn't turn. That's he was trying to turn on ice and couldn't do it. Falls, takes out his own goalie, takes out the net. The ref had to be like, wait, do I really have to stop the game? Because this moron took out his own net. It could be a penalty if you do it on purpose. But even the refs were like, this guy just sucks. He didn't do that on purpose. To that sense, I want to ask you a weird off the base sidebar question. I was wondering this watching the Olympics. Let's take Nathan Chin. How good a skater would it be in hockey? Probably phenomenal. That's okay. I was. I, was, I mean, I don't know uh, how good uh, he'd be if somebody tried to hit him. No, but no, no, he wouldn't no. Not, do that. Not, not like you know. <laughs> so comparative, comparative to skaters in the NHL. You bring Ryan be, Reeves back to, <laughs> to protect him. Yeah, I think he'd be as good or any better than anyone. Yeah. I, I was wondering. I, I'm watching them because we watch hockey so often. Their skating is awfully obviously different because it's to music and it's like routines. Right. But I was watching him thinking that guy would probably skate around any NHL player. I don't know McDavid, but yeah. see McDavid's in straight line. 
He straight line speed. McDavid didn't even win the fastest skating nah, competition. Nah, let someone else win. So let someone else win. Let someone else. Win. Yeah, I, I think the. I was thinking. I really was thinking that during the Olympics. I'm like, man, they're incredible, and they'd just skate their rings around those guys. So they have obviously phenomenal balance. Um, yes. To be an uh, you know Olympic figure skater, Lane could not be an Olympic I, figure skater. <laughs> There's no so. chance Lane <laughs> is an Olympic figure skater. I do wonder. I ass- I assume the balance transfers to getting hit. Like if somebody tries to hit Nathan Chin, he's he's not just immediately going to fall over. Like he's got good enough balance right, that he's right. going. It's going to take more than just a light tap to knock him over. Yeah, he might break. He might break. Yeah, in half. I mean, the, yeah. the yeah. body might not hold up as well, but, but his feet will. The actual skating part, I think he'd be fine. Yeah. He might have some broken arms and like dislocated. <laughs> Uh, Admittedly, it was a sidebar question, but I forgot I was going <laughs> to ask you that throughout the entire Olympics. I'm like, how good are these people at skating? I'm pretty sure that's it. I could have this wrong. That's one of the like sea stories of the original Mighty Ducks is that they go and get figure skaters. <laughs> they do? I'm pretty sure really? that's how they wind up with the girl on the team. <laughs> I thought the kid just shot the puck on its edge and made it. <laughs> did it pretend like it was oh, a no, knuckleball? No, that was the guy. That was the guy who can't skate that they go and recruit. Yeah. <laughs> he just shoots. As a premise of a movie. Also, I got a DWI. This is a children's <laughs> movie. <laughs> and now I'm going to try to sleep with the captain of my team's mom. Why not? <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple elements. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we jump into the NBA. Okay, there's been some chatter, and by chatter, I just mean the guys calling us Dwayne Wade and uh, Reggie Miller in particular. Dwayne Wade and Reggie Miller in particular had some chatter during the contest. They were wondering if they should switch the order because maybe it was a little anticlimactic. What's your response? It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, we are... Took Monday off, so we're still going back to the NBA All Star game because sports are dead now without football. There's nothing else going on. Just hockey and NBA All Star game. Little college basketball. Yeah. 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 We'll get there. Their tournaments will start soon, and then yeah. we can get into still, it. Still February, Ed. Still February. Um, All right, then at 8.15, they don't call we're not talking fe- about UNLV. They, they, they don't call the it briefs <laughs> on why they're getting the NCAA tournament. February are can- madness. Are we, can- are we canceling all that? <laughs> no, no. No, UNLV, I guess, still matters oh, sometimes. Okay. Yeah, we got to break down one of their shirts on their uh, team store. Okay. All right, here's a, here's a, give me a hot take on this one. Major League Baseball, NBA, who has a better All-Star game? Oh, the NBA has a better All Star game. Really? I think. Yeah. I'm not. I if you told me, well, I'll tell you right now. There's been many, many times the last several years I won't even watch the Major League Baseball All Star game. I don't even watch it. I know it's on at your house or your 40 TVs, but I don't. I don't. I don't get excited about it at all. I'm not sure how excited I got the NBA All Star game because I know what it's going to be. You know, just a bunch of dunk fest, which is fine. Um, I mean, watch. But again, the to me, the Major League Baseball All Star game has few times like what Curry did the other night. Yes. So I just I don't watch it very much. Would are you picking NHL over baseball? Oh, over baseball, yes. You are. Yes. Okay. I don't. I'm just not think, a baseball guy. I think there's a clear game. top two. I think NBA and Major League Baseball are hands yeah, I down. Don't the like best Major two. League Baseball. Football. I mean, I like football baseball. and the Pro Bowl is a nightmare. I don't well, even think that's the NHL by far the last. I don't even think the NHL is very good either, because the. the the all-star games in football and hockey are so far removed from what the actual sport is, 
right? The reason we like football and hockey is violence. And neither of those things happen in the all-star games of those sports because nobody's trying to get hurt during an all-star game. You can actually play baseball in an all-star setting and it looked like normal baseball. You can play basketball to some extent and it looked like no. normal basketball. Mm. The last yeah. quarter is pretty close. Yeah, when they get serious, when yeah. it comes down to it, and they get serious for the last. But you like, don't get that ever. Like, and here's the key. Like you said with Steph Curry, the the biggest difference with the NBA All Star Game to all of them, LeBron James hit a turnaround game winning shot to shot. win the game. The most popular player in the sport, not the best anymore, but the most popular player in the sport, one of the best in the sport, hit the game winning shot. In football, the last quarterback on the field, if I remember correctly, was Mac Jones, right? In baseball, all the starters have been subbed out, and it's the guy from the Royals who had to be voted in who's the last hitter of the game, right? In hockey, it's they, they also vote everybody in. It's, you know, Nick Suzuki, who's got seven points in 42 games on the ice at the end or whatever. Like, basketball is the one that actually gives us the best players in the game on the court at the end when it's being decided. And now that they've added the Elam ending, which do you guys want me to do why I love the Elam ending for another five minutes? No, that's I do right. this like twice a year. It's phenomenal. But now they've added the Elam ending, the end of the game is phenomenal. That right. is how basketball should. Well, end. it's team LeBron. So he's not subbing himself out. <laughs> you know, he was going to be on the floor at the end of the game. It's his team. The assistant coach goes over and goes, all right, we need to put in a younger, faster player. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) So it is the the NBA All-Star game is my favorite. Baseball, number two. And then hockey and football are a distant third and fourth. The only thing I put baseball ahead of, well, it's just that the Pro Bowl is such a farce. I mean, it's beyond beyond a farce. I'd actually put Major League Soccer ahead of both hockey and football because I don't know what their format is now, but in the past their format has been like, the best 18 players from Major League Soccer play Real Madrid, right? And it's a friendly, but it's way more. Is that their basis for an All-Star game? They've done that in the past. They've done a legit, like, East versus West Major League Soccer. I think And they play it straight up. Yeah, and I think they've done one with Liga MX. Maybe not. But, like, they've had a couple different formats. But either way, it's still generally more. They haven't tried to mess around. No, they haven't done five on five. That's what I'm saying. Five v five, and, like, guys are just (laughs) running down the field. By the way. funny. All right. One other thing on the NBA All-Star game. Before the game starts, we get a report from TNT that Chris Paul has a fracture in his right thumb. He's going to be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. All right? I, I, that's one of the first things I hear before the game starts. And then as I'm watching, I got the Golden Knights and the NBA All-Star game on at the same time. I look over, and I'm like, is that Chris Paul on the court? Didn't they just say he's out for two months with a well, fractured thumb? And it's it's hilarious because um, which team did Monty which team did Monty coach? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was coaching the team with Chris Paul, and the announcer said, "Well, both teams have been made aware of it. Like, not, not that they touch each other until the last <laughs> final minute, anyway." So I was like, "Who cares if they've been made aware of it? They're not going near the guy. It's the All Star game. They don't go near. They go go near anyone." But the explanation was he wanted to get in here and get that one assist. And I don't even think he got it because he passed three times. They all missed their shots, <laughs> which is the only time all night three shots were missed straight. So I thought that was if I'm a must Suns have felt fan, like Jack Eichel. Yeah, if I'm a Suns fan, I'm like, the, what, what, what's this about? Why is he on the court <laughs> to get an assist in the All Star game and he's got a fractured thumb? 
Two minutes, uh, one foul, one missed shot, no assists. No assists. No rebound, steals, blocks either. Yeah. Um, hope he didn't get a block. <laughs> like, what? Why did he go with the I game? I have no idea why he was in. Yeah, they literally, Reggie Miller said he wants to get in. And then I'm thinking, does he have some all-star record for assists that he needs one more? Like, I had no idea what Reggie Miller was talking about, but he said everyone's aware of his thumb which means they won't go near him, and he just wants. He said he just wants to go in and get the one assist, which I thought that's very strange. He was on the same team as Curry, but can you imagine Steph Curry running over there and just punching his fit thumb? <laughs> Be like, give me the one. Give me the seat. ball. Give me the one. We're seat. going to the finals. <laughs> yes, get your thumb out of here. You're the only thing that's standing in the way of me and being back in the finals and just punching. I just why on earth now outside of the All Star game with Chris Paul missing two months aside from playing in it. Um, Suns, should they be the favorites in the West? The playoffs basically start in eight weeks. Chris Paul is conceivably back by then. And I think we can maybe say the Suns could win a first round playoff matchup if Chris Paul isn't, you know, coming back into it and maybe not at 100%. Should they be the I favorites? They've got, they've got a big lead on their lead, State. Their lead six and a half right now. Which is very, that's a massive lead. They're going to be the one seed unless they fall off the face of the earth with Chris Paul here. So is this Cameron Payne now yeah. over Chris Paul? I mean, they have a good team. Very good. Chris Paul good. is maybe going to, we're going to find out here. He might be the most important player on that team, right? Devin Booker's yeah. the best player on that team, but I think we might find out here if Chris Paul is the most important I player mean, on that team. 14-9 and 10-7, 10.7 assists. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, I, I am curious, like, can the Golden State Warriors make up six and a half games? just because Chris Paul is out for roughly the rest of the season, or are they going in the one seed, getting Chris Paul back and healthy for the first round? And if so, maybe they're the favorites to go back out, get out of the West again and go back to the NBA I mean, finals. Memphis is eight. Yeah. It's, it's hard to catch them because of how big their yes. lead is. Like they're going to have to have a, they're going to have to have like an eight, nine, 10 game right. losing streak. It's going to have to happen right. for somebody to catch them. And I don't know if they, I think they're too good to let that they happen. They probably are. And there's too many bad teams that they're probably right. going to play. Right. And even the thing with the NBA this year, how many teams do we think are actually good? Right. Like, do we? I don't even know if I think the Suns are good and they've got the best record in the league. More in the East, I think. Yeah, the East is chaos. I still just. I mean, Milwaukee's fifth. I just default to the Bucs are going to get back, but I have zero confidence in that whatsoever. So Miami and Chicago tie in the next three within two and a half. Yeah. I don't don't know what to do in that conference. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're on month three of Dishwasher Watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to the Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. We welcome in our NASCAR expert, David Roth. David will explain that later. Um, But you are a NASCAR expert for today. Uh, Do you have any significant updates on your dishwasher? I so treasure this time that we have together. <laughs> Nothing new on the dishwasher. How's the hole in uh, in the home going? The hole is gone. My wall Whoa. has been fixed. Trounced. I thought this was going to be close. No, it's, it's... How'd you get it done so fast? It still could be close. My toilet has not been put back uh, to where it ah. belongs. Uh, because the it's... guy who came to fix the wall, he removed the toilet, but then left the toilet in my garage and said, somebody else has to do this. This... 
It's like you're starting to understand my experience a bit now. <laughs> I don't know if this is because it's not because you've got some elaborate like graft set up in your home or your community where they're like, no, no, if, if Sal doesn't do that, everybody gets in trouble, <laughs> which is how I feel like it was for me. But it is, yeah, that is uh, how it goes. Yeah. You can't just hire one guy. You got to hire every guy. Yep. So I have basically a hole in the ground, which I think I could still technically use as a toilet, uh, but I basically just have a hole in the ground. <laughs> And a toilet in my garage. And I I also think I could do this. Like, I think I could put the toilet back. But I, we already paid for a, a 14th person to come by and do it later. Yeah. So I guess we're going to let the 14th person come by and put the toilet in. So I had similar thoughts with uh, during the, the, the worst days of the dishwasher thing where I was like, I could just pull this out, right? Like, I could just rip this. It's not, like, attached to anything. I could just take it out and put the other one in and no one would get mad at me. And uh, once you, when you live in a building that's that vertical and you're doing anything that has to do with water, like, it's just a question of how litigious the people that live around you are. And I think, like, anybody that lives below me would be well in their rights to sue me out of <laughs> house and home if I decided that, like, having written 1,000 blogs about the Mets somehow taught me something about household plumbing <laughs> or whatever. So I was able to back out of it, thankfully. You know, we've, we don't ask you very often, but your significant other, how, how does she deal with this? I mean, how, how would anybody deal with living with me? We've been together for like 20 <laughs> years, you know, like she, she gets it. I think, she, I think in this case, it's like that we've gotten as far as we have is 100% me. Like she's doing actual work. And then during the day, I'm like thinking about things in the NBA that I could maybe write 600 words about in two days. And, you know, like, so this is, I am the one with the time to do this. And obviously, you know, whatever, the frustrations with the electrician and stuff like that, like she's lived here long enough too. I mean, like she had, before we got together, I think the worst landlord that I had I mean, I don't know what the standards are for New York. There's probably someone worse. But this was the front door of their little walk-up, like the door to the street, just stopped locking at some point, And she and her roommate complained about it. And the landlord was like, well, nobody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not a convincing argument. And they were like, well, they could try it. She's like, why would they try it? People are busy. <laughs> Which, yeah. And then, like, a week later, she sent, like, her whatever nephew over to, like, smoke nine cigarettes and eventually fix it. But, yeah. So, whatever. I, I think okay, the city and its scuzziness managed to set the bar low enough that I'm still somehow clearing it, even though we're on month four of Dishwasher Watch. All right. Are you optimistic that the Owners and Players Association met for longer than 15 minutes yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they agreed to a couple of things, although we're still to the point where, like, progress is basically the owners not just adding five new dumb things to the like to the stack every week and being like, yeah, like, also, um, like, Chris Bryant especially has to grow a mustache. Like, we all agree that that's important. Like, that's, if, if they want to play it like that, then it'll never get done. In this case, it seems like, some of the stuff, I mean, the things yesterday were like they removed the limit on how many times you could option a player, and then there was something to do with they no longer want to get rid of another 20% of the minor leagues or something like that, which is all like, you know, I guess it's progress. Uh, I don't know why they introduced <laughs> those ideas in the first place, but I think uh, there's still, uh, there's some sense to me that like they've, 
understood that the end of February is a real deadline. Like if they want to have a proper spring training, if they want to have like opening day around when they usually have it. But it's going to get done because it's weird. It's like, you know that, but right. But does that mean anything? And that's been the whole problem with the whole, you know, process is that like, I think everybody has understood where these cutoffs are like going back to when they, they called the lockout. It's just that like nobody on the owner side has really acted like it matters at all. It usually doesn't for them, right? I mean, it's going to get done when they decide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, it could get done. They could just call the lockout off and play, like, and continue to negotiate the CBA while the season is happening. Like, that's normal. The lockout is not, like, an automatic thing. That's a choice. And so that's the part of it that's especially frustrating to me. Well, I mean, the real part of it that's frustrating is that I don't know how much baseball I'm going to get to watch. But there is this element of it being, like, they opted into this, and then they just screwed off for six weeks and didn't do anything. And then ever since they've been doing this, it's this whipsawing back and forth between like pretending to care a lot and then doing absolutely nothing to move the ball forward, not just in the negotiations. I understand that's an annoying process. There's no reason why this deadline needs to be or why this pressure needs to be here. They could stop it tomorrow if they wanted to. And that has not really been put on the table, it doesn't seem like. Like they, they want this. They just don't want to get blamed for it. David Roth, our NASCAR expert with us. Um, yeah, let's do it. Can you help us out in the NBA? Who is good? <laughs> in the NBA? T- yeah, yeah. We'll get, uh, tell, we'll get to NASCAR eventually. I'll, I'll explain that eventually. All right, but... great. Good. I was going to, because I got, a, I got <laughs> like maybe eight, nine minutes on Daryl Waltrip's legacy that I'd like to. Um, if we have to blow through an ad break, I'm just going to keep talking the whole time. You can disconnect me, but I will finish. <laughs> Uh, who's who's good in the NBA? Uh, let's see. You got your Warriors seem pretty good. You got uh, I think the Bucks seem pretty good. Like it's weird though. A lot of the teams that made the big moves and stuff, like Sixers with James Harden, not looking great. Like uh, the Nets at this point is just basically like Goran Dragic is going to be their best player for another eight days. <laughs> I don't really know like where the the sort of cutoff is. I think that I can tell you more comfortably which teams are fun. Like I can tell you that the Grizzlies and the Cavs are both really fun to watch, but how good they are, I'm not sure I really know. Does that like make sense to you all? Like, I mean, cause in terms of like, I know we're a little past halfway through, but like, I feel like I'm still going off antiquated information in some ways in terms of who's good. Like the impressions that I formed during the you know first month. Well, it makes sense because it's the same exact thoughts that we have had where we don't actually know which of these teams are actually going to be good at basketball in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I like what the Cavs have done. I think they've given themselves a shot. I like the, you know, the way the bucks look when they're good, but it's, it's strange too, because like, I guess, some of this is just, you know, a function of how I'm watching it and stuff. Because the teams that I could watch every night, like, I do not watch the Knicks every night. Like, I've got more respect for my life than that. And <laughs> there's just, you know, only so many hours that you get here on Earth. Wait, don't you but, watch like, the Mets, like, every day? That's not important. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what are you driving at? <laughs> yeah, but that's like, you know, it's summertime. Different. Like, it's something about watching, if it's like 20 degrees outside and you're watching the Knicks, at least at the Mets, if I get frustrated, I can go outside and take a walk, and it's nice. The Knicks is just kind of like there's no there's no escape. It's entropy. But, yeah, with the, the teams that I've seen, like I've seen the Bucks look like world beaters, and then I've seen them get beaten by the Clips, you know, by 20 points or whatever. And 
I think the Clippers are a useful team to watch in terms of figuring out who you think is good because the Clippers are right now not, you know, a high-end talented team, you know, just because they're two, they have two Hall of Famers on their roster and they're both hurt. But they are super annoying. They play really hard and they're very well coached. And so the Clippers can beat a team that, like, seems good but isn't actually good. Like, if they're annoyable enough by, like, Luke Kennard and a Morris, <laughs> then maybe they're not actually good. I'm still working on this theory. I'd have to watch more Clippers games to work it out. You said a Morris. Yeah, like, you don't know which yeah, one plays yeah, for the Clippers? Which one plays for him? No. Okay. Uh, they have Marquis, right? I don't know either. Yes. I, I'm with you. I would yeah, call no, him a Morris, too. I think of the Morrises as being kind of like, it's like a unit of measurement. It's a type of player, like a guy who hits a three pointer and then like they cut to him and he's just talking so much right afterwards. That's a Morris. And they come in all shapes and sizes, but you know, the, the two Morrises are like the, the template for all of it. I can confirm Marcus Morris plays for the Clippers. Marcus. Interesting. That's not, the, I had a 50, 50 chance that I did not get it. Correct. Not Marquise. So happy to let's, let's get back to something that I really know a lot about. Auto racing. Okay, so here's what we're doing. We have tickets. NASCAR's coming to Vegas. We're giving away tickets. You're going to help us figure out which caller we're going to take. Just name cool. as many NASCAR drivers as you can. Go. Uh, they have to be active? Uh, no, just go. No, no. Just whoever you got. All right. Uh, well, you know, Jeff Gordon, uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt two. Jr., Dale, Dale Earnhardt Sr., uh, RIP, uh, Daryl Waltrip. That's four. four. I think that's four. Um, and then there's other guys too. Gosh, uh, I'm gonna have to just start making up some like South Carolina sounding names. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a hint because we're in Las Vegas. There's brothers. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, hang on. I'm trying to think of the guy that's from New Jersey. There's a guy from uh, from New Egypt. Uh, when you say his name, I'm gonna get frustrated. Give me the brothers. The brothers are Kyle and Kurt Busch. Okay, yeah, no, those are definitely prominent racers. Uh, <laughs> Count it, we're up to six. <laughs> all I, right, wait, I, if I only can get four and they're all retired, that's pretty embarrassing. I have to be able to come up with somebody better than that. Well, is there, one, uh, one has already passed on, so I, don't know. I know. It might I, be a three. That counts as retired. <laughs> uh, 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 Rooney McGavin. I don't think that's real. No, all right, that, we're gonna, that's not real. No, that's not a real guy. We're going to multiply six. I was kind of hoping that maybe if I came up with a – uh, South Carolina enough name and work. We're going to multiply six by something to make it a more respectable caller number. So David Roth, thank you, Appreciate our NASCAR it. expert <laughs> from approximately 1998. Uh, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Thank you, brother. It's true. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. So uh, we do have two tickets to the Pennzoil 400 coming to Vegas Sunday, March 6th. Um, let's multiply it by two. He got six, so we'll take caller number 12 at 702 64 1100. Two tickets to the Pennzoil 400 coming Sunday, March 6th to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, 702-364-1100. You've got a dust-up right now. Jawan Howard and Greg Gard were going nose-to-nose, and now we got a problem. we got pushing and shoving. we got a lot of chirping. we got a wrestling match going on. And Jacoby Neath being pulled away by Carter Higginbottom. Adam Smith, graduate assistant for the Wisconsin Badgers, pushing off a couple of players. Yeah, there were some punches thrown in there. As it got nasty there in the end, and everybody being separated, you got to be really careful here. Tyler Wall getting guys away. You got to be careful here. 
Richard, big fella getting out there. He's telling his guys, get off the floor. Good job, right. Richard. Here, good brother. job, big fella. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Congratulations to Robert. He won a pair of tickets to go to the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We have another pair of those to give away and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. We got a lot of giveaways on the show today. Uh, that was audio of the fight, the scuffle between Fracus. Wisconsin and Michigan coaches and players after their game over the weekend. Jawan Howard has been suspended for the rest of the regular season, which is five games, uh, and has been fined $40,000. Uh, that is apparently the most the Big Ten has ever fined a head coach. Greg Gard, the head coach of Wisconsin, was also fined $10,000 uh, for his role in the altercation. Did he get, is that punishment enough? Well, too much? I don't think it's. Too much for Greg Gard. What, and look, Juwan obviously shouldn't have, whether it was an open fist or not. I couldn't even see or tell. Maybe you can, whether it was a punch or it was an open fist. Not that it matters. Or what he shouldn't have done it. But also, I think Greg Gard grabbing him kind of by the wrist started all this because Juwan Juwan said, "Don't touch me." Because I, I that was not a handshake. That, he, that was not a handshake. That was perfectly normal. No, he put no. his arm on his elbow. No. That was not a handshake. That was not a handshake because Jawan said something to him about, I'm going to remember this yeah. on a timeout, and he stopped him by putting his hand on his wrist. I'm not saying what Jawan did was right or, or or okay, but that was not a handshake. First of all, they don't even handshake anymore. If you watch people go through the line, <laughs> unless coaches are really close to each other yeah. and sometimes not, they barely touch anymore. Then it's a hug. I mean, no, it's the losing coach is so pissed that they barely touch hands anymore. It, it goes fast unless, like, Again, I don't know. It's guys who have been together and coached together, and they, you know, they're they're best friends, and then they'll stop and talk to each other. But I thought guard grabbed his wrist in a way that, if I'm Juwan Howard, I'm like, don't do that. Now again, I don't go punch the assistant. He did it I the last time they played. Did the same exact thing. There's a photo tweeted out the last I time these two played. I don't think you should do that. Shook his hand, grabbed him by the elbow yeah. in the exact same way, and Juwan Howard didn't cause a argument or a fight that time. Then I don't like. I am little. stunned. Greg Guard got fined. Greg Gard did nothing wrong to me. Juwan Howard starts yelling at him in the handshake line, and Greg Gard tries to stop him and say, listen, here's what happened. And he he grabbed him by the elbow. Okay. Like, that happens. Wrist. He, yeah, he's holding his wrist, wrist and he wrist grabbed him by his the elbow. elbow. To, to stop him and say, hold on, man, let me tell you this, because Juwan Howard was yelling at him as they're walking to the handshake line. And then Juwan Howard, yelling, don't bleeping touch me, grabs Greg Gard by the uh, collar of his shirt. As I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything Juwan Howard did was right. I'm not saying anything he did was right. Yeah, but nothing was good. Nothing was good about <laughs> what Juwan Howard Greg did. Gard was perfect. I don't think Greg uh, Gard did a single thing wrong. I just don't think he should grab him by the wrist. It's fine. I don't think so. He's think, shaking his hand, and he grabs well, his other hand to brace his hand. it. He was grabbing by the wrist and then the elbow. I, yeah. Shaking his hand is you put your hand out, you barely touch him, and you keep going. Right. The only reason he did that is because Juwan Howard's yelling at him as they're going through the line. If Juwan Howard didn't say anything, Greg Gard doesn't stop him. Greg Gard tried to explain Man. it afterwards, being like, hey, he was mad at me, and I tried to I stop just, him. Explain it later. Explain it during the press conference. I had a problem with him kind of putting his hands on him the way he did. I just, I just did. I had a problem with him putting his hand. Now again, everything Juwan did after that was completely wrong. There's no question about that. He shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, he shouldn't have grabbed him by the collar. 
People are saying it was an open face. It, his hand uh, is I, I open. His he hand. slapped the guy on top yeah, of the head because he's top, taller than exactly, everybody. Exactly. It like, wasn't like throw the punch. I think if he'd have thrown the punch, the guy's head would have gone yeah, a little I was farther. About back. To say. I think we would have known if it was a real punch by Juwan Howard to that guy. <laughs> I, if I was Michigan, I would fire Juwan Howard. Wow. Well, that's not a surprise. I think you're gonna go the you're gonna go the ultimate. This here. is twice in two years. <laughs> That Jawan Howard has gone out of his way to try to fight an opposing coach. Twice in two. He did it last year in the Big Ten tournament against right. Maryland. Twice in two years, he has gone out of his way to try to try to fight the other team's coach. This is he's supposed to be the head coach of a program. If a player did that twice in two years, he'd be out of the pro, he'd be done. Jawan Howard should not be the head coach I'm of not, a college basketball team anymore. Tyler doesn't like passion. He doesn't like, like you know. Yeah, I want a coach that's fiery. And the, I'm not even disagreeing with that. I, I didn't disagree. I didn't disagree with that at all. And here's the other thing: Juwan Howard shouldn't be kicked out of college basketball because he slapped a guy on top of the head. Whatever, you can come back from that. Juwan Howard should not be in college basketball because he's a moron. The not way a great he handled coach, that, I will say that he oh, the entire issue here. He's mad that Greg Gard called a timeout with 15 seconds left in a blowout. He's pressing in f- with 15 seconds get, left in a blowout. I think he said he called the timeout to get his guys in order because there was a press. They right. didn't know what they, the heck they were they doing. Were beat, he had his back, his walk-ons, yeah, were, walk-ons in. were in the game. Juwan Howard's have. pressing them. Right. They knock the ball out of bounds. There's four seconds to get across half court, so Greg Gard calls a timeout. Because that resets the 10 seconds right, to get it across right. half court. There was a reason he called the timeout. And Juwan Howard's mad he called the timeout, even though he's pressing in a game There's... where he's a blowout. And then afterwards, when asked why he was pressing, Juwan Howard said, oh, we weren't pressing. That was our five pressure defense. He doesn't know what press is short for. The guy's an idiot. I would not want him as my head coach because he's a moron. Nothing of what you said. I'll disagree with in terms of what they should have done to him. I still don't like Greg Gard grabbing the. He's assist. fine. No, it's, I don't like it. You're I don't going like after it. the guy Keep that walking, did the man. least dangerous thing. He's the least. I'm not dangerous going after him. I just don't. I, I'm not going after him. I just don't. I don't have a problem with him getting fined. 